You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, I'm Professor Fred Long. I'd like to welcome you to another installment of Greek Matters. I'd like to look today at the Road to Emmaus episode, and I'd like you to consider this question. What was the most important thing that Jesus did between his resurrection and ascension for the ongoing life and ministry of the church? Now, I asked my New Testament introduction students this question, and it's fun to dialogue with them about possible answers. And there are many good answers, but particularly on the eve of the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, which was really about sola scriptura, as a source of our authority and uh, our basis for knowing the truth of God's word and salvation, uh, it seems very important, seems like a good question for us to consider, particularly when we realize that the most important thing that he did at that in-between time, resurrection ascension, is he explained the scriptures to the disciples. This provided a foundation for them when they were filled with the Holy Spirit to then have a powerful combination of of Word of God richly in their minds and particularly richly in their hearts explained by Jesus himself how the scriptures were about himself and then when combined with the Spirit it's it's a very powerful thing for the early church. So I wanted to look at this episode because we see Jesus raised from the dead and explaining the scriptures to these disciples. So we're at Luke 24 verse 13. I want to point out a few things interesting in the Greek text and then as as we consider how important his explanations of the scriptures are to them. We see that they were walking a, a distance of probably about seven miles. Okay, so when Jesus eventually begins talking to them, uh, we don't know how far they had gone in the journey, but at an average pace of maybe 18, 20 minutes per mile, you can realize that Jesus actually was speaking for probably two hours. They had this two-hour-long conversation with Jesus um, once he begins, begins talking with them. Now, right away, we need to notice something about the episode. Their eyes were not empowered to recognize him. Now this is really interesting because you might ask why. Why was this the case? And I'd like to suggest two good reasons for this. First, they would have been too distracted and in awe to not properly receive what he was going to be explaining to them. So I think that they weren't allowed to see Jesus to keep them in an optimal state of reception of what he had to share with them. So I think that's one reason. But we also learned that when they did recognize him was precisely when they broke, he broke the bread. It's at the Lord's meal, uh, at the breaking of the bread that Jesus is revealed. And I think uh, that is the reason why their eyes are not open to see him. Okay, so what is Jesus explaining to them? 
Well, first we get a description of their puzzlement that they that Jesus doesn't know what has happened. Uh, look at how Cleopas addresses this in verse 18. He's quite exasperated. He uses this participle, apokrithis, which indicates he's taking control of the situation. And uh, he said to him, pros avton, not just simply avto with the dative, but the pros. And this pros is probably signaling uh, intensity or at least closeness. And, you know, these are good Mediterranean men, and Cleopas may have got physically close to him. And then we see, perceive a kind of a tone in what he says by this emphatic pronoun. You alone <laughs> visiting Jerusalem, and you don't know the things that have happened in it these days. So uh, he's asking this question, and in a very animated fashion. Now Jesus goads him on a bit and says to him, what sorts of things? And this is a nice interrogative adverb which stresses quality. So it's form actually stressing quality. What sorts of kinds of things happened? And, and then this gets them to continue the conversation and they say, well, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. And so here we have the article, ta, which is functioning to make kind of a noun idea out of the prepositional phrase that is that, that occurs after it. So in other words, concerning Jesus the Nazarene is made into a concept or really a set of ideas by the present of presence of the the, the things, ta, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the Nazarene, who was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Okay, so at this point they begin talking about Jesus and they're dismayed, they're dismayed uh, at what has happened and then they're particularly puzzled because some women came and said the tomb was empty. <laughs> and then Jesus has a chance to respond then in verse 25. And we can see here that there's extra focus on him as the subject. Ke avtos. And he himself said to them, now, now he's getting close to them. Oh, foolish and hard of heart to believe all that the prophets said. And then he asks a very pointed rhetorical question with uki. Uki. Now, I don't know if you remember, but there's a rule to understand what kind of question uki or u has, expects. It's the rule of M-N-O-P. A may or metis would have expected a negative answer, but U or Uki expects a positive answer. So the rule of M-N-O-P. So here we have O-P. U expects a positive answer. And he says, he asks this and really is making a, a strong point. It's Uki, which is even more intense. Was it not necessary 
that the Christ suffer these things and enter into his glory. And then the text explains that beginning from Moses and from all the prophets, he interpreted to them, explained to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So here we have this uh, article usage once again, where you have the prepositional phrase providing the general idea, but then the article nominalizes it, what we call the nominalization, and so we translate the things concerning himself. Key here is that for two hours or so, Jesus is walking with them in the state of receptivity. Uh, they're receptive. Their, their, their curiosity is piqued. They're, they're, they don't understand and they want to understand. And Jesus now is talking with them for two hours, explaining from Moses and all of the prophets. Now, eventually, uh, he's going to be recognized. Uh, and it's precisely when he took the bread and blessed it. And then that's when their eyes were opened. It's a sacramental moment. And what I find very interesting is what they immediately remember and say to one another. And again, it's pros alleluus. So they said to one another. So it wasn't just one of them. It was both of them having the exact same mutual response. And we see it, it's a question expecting a positive answer. Were not our hearts burning, <laughs> burning in us as he was speaking to us on the road, as he opened to us the scriptures? And so this is, is key. So Luke is wanting us to understand something, that the resurrected Jesus was explaining the scriptures about himself, explaining about who he was as the Messiah, as was talked about in Moses and the prophets. And this theme actually continues. Well, eventually, Cleopas and his companion meet up with the other disciples, and as they meet, Jesus shows up and begins talking to them. And as, as he's explaining what has happened, he relates it to what he taught before he died. He says, these are my words which I spoke to you uh, while I was still with you, that it was necessary to fulfill all that was written in, Mo in the Law of Moses in the Law of Moses right here, and the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Now at this point, Jesus probably has in mind the whole Hebrew scriptural canon. The Psalms was the, the first, is the first and largest component of the, the writings. So you have the Law of Moses, you have the Torah, you have the prophets, the Nevi'im, and then you have the Kethubim, the writings, which was started off and headed up by Psalms. And so 
it's important to understand that he's explaining the scriptures, how everything about him as the Messiah was fulfilled, must be fulfilled. And then we get this great verse in verse 45. Then he opened their minds, opened their minds. Look at the four position of theirs. Uh, the genitive is prior to the noun that it modifies. Their minds in order to understand the scriptures. Well, I would suggest to you that on the eve of this 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, which is really about sola scriptura, and this being the foundation for believers, and a tremendous, great, essential resource for the church, that as we celebrate this uh, event in, in, in our history, that we remember sola scriptura. And we also consider that Jesus himself wanted his followers to be understanding the scriptures. In fact, as a resurrected Messiah, this seems to be a high priority for him as he's relating to his disciples in Luke 24. In fact, uh, this is the most important thing I would suggest that he does in this in-between time of resurrection and ascension for the ongoing life and ministry of the church. Then we go to the book of Acts. It is not surprising that the early church, the leaders especially, are depicted as teaching and explaining scripture and preaching the scriptures with insight, full of the spirit, full of power, full of boldness, but they have the scriptures and Jesus opened their minds to receive it. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.